Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. Welcome back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is the midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giulio, 215-592-9494. We'll get back to all the conversation here on the fills. Are you disappointed in the first half? The Sixers with the max extension, and really non-extension this offseason. Of course, Joel's comments on James Harden. And uh, will you can weigh in with your take on Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, which he was just hammered today. No, I'm, I'm and he was not a good Spider-Man. Because uh, Black Greedy just called me out because I said that Jordan made like $9 billion last year. It's not that much. And it was like five. Billion. Yeah, so I, I knew the exact number, <laughs> but like I didn't want to spoil the movie. No, because it's so like, I, I let you, you know what, plus... It's you know you're having well, fun I'm talking with it. about I'm talking about not the movie I'm talking about Air Jordan like Jordan, oh, the, brand. the brand the brand yeah yeah so yeah a lot it's it's in the it's certainly in the it's billions a, it's it's five point one billion but yeah. nine billion sounded so much better oh Black it does yeah plus well what's the real difference seen like from a for a guy like us five and nine billion you know what I mean it's all make believe yeah <laughs> like it's five and nine that's like. Four million? No, I mean, that is <laughs> well, right. literally but, I mean, a difference. But, like, but, from the scale that I'm looking I, at right now. I would take four billion. I'll take the extra four. As someone who will never see a billion, <laughs> it all sounds like a lot. All right, we'll get back to all that coming up in a few minutes. Right now, let's go out to the guest line. Kyle Newback of Philly Voice, first the Clap Your Hands podcast, along with Elliot Shore Parks, joins us to talk about where the Sixers are now and everything going on with this NBA offseason, including – the uh, matching of the offer sheet for Paul Reed late last night. Kyle, how are you doing this morning? Kyle. I just want to be clear, guys. I would also take $4 billion if uh, anybody is offering. <laughs> well, well, we're not. The, the lottery, the, the, the lotto this night is like 60, 600, I'm lying about that. <laughs> 658 million, I think, somewhere. I, like would, the, I would take that amount of money as well. I take all. <laughs> I'm pretty good at math. <laughs> all right, Kyle, here's some math for you. Three years, $24 million offer sheet from the Jazz to Paul Reed, which a lot of the speculation was the Sixers would not match because the poison pill in there um, and just generally a, a pretty good amount of money for a backup center. They did match. What did you make of the Paul Reed situation? Yeah, so look, they had insisted throughout the offseason and you know, prior to the draft, prior to free agency opening, that they're likely to bring Paul back, that he had been in the facility working out there prior to free agency, so on and so forth. But, you know, the Jazz put that to the test. I thought there was a very interesting clause in the contract where essentially the Jazz were just getting Paul on a one-year deal. But as long as the Sixers win around in the playoffs, and if they don't, obviously that's a massive failure, he's here for the next three years. And so that was 
at least a decision you had to think about because of what we've talked about with maintaining flexibility and the salary cap and, you know, wanting to chase max guys next summer. But I think they ended up doing the right thing. They needed to get this guy back in the building. He's going to be the backup center to Joel Embiid. And, you know, that's, they are better today having brought him back than if they had let him go. You know, we've been doing a lot of speculation this morning about this Tyrese Maxey deal or, or non-deal of, of, of Tyrese Maxey. Why do you think that they're, they're going to wait before they decide to ream up? So if they were to agree to an extension with him prior to next summer, that eats into the amount of money they have to offer to anybody at the start of free agency. That does not mean they're not going to pay Tyrese at some point. But, for example, if they wanted to get a a max contract guy on the open market next summer, they could go sign that player with the cap space they have. And then on top of that, because Tyrese is already on the team, extend him, give him the money they would have given him at a prior point, and they're able to do that without it being illegal. So essentially it's, it's just an order of operations thing. If they leave Tyrese's deal for later, then they're able to do more things in the short term. So, Kyle, that makes a lot of sense, and I think that's a way of maintaining flexibility for next summer. And who knows? Maybe there is a big free agent. They could pull off a big three with Tyrese and Joel Embiid. How much or if any percentage of the decision on this is also on the off chance a month from now Dame Lillard is still out there, and he says, you know what, I'll go to Philadelphia. And then Tyrese Maxey not having that deal makes that kind of trade uh, just more palatable for both sides. How much do you think that could be playing into it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that it would be about Dame Lillard specifically, but I think, you know, the way Daryl Morey and the rest of this front office thinks is, okay, if we sign Tyrese to this deal right now, what are all the consequences of that, right? Like the most positive impact it has is, you're just keeping Tyrese and Rich Paul happy in the short term, right? The downside is any star that asks out, any you know future player who asks out, doesn't have to be Dame Willard. It could be somebody like Zion Williamson in New Orleans, who that's been a weird situation down there, or just like name any kind of other big-time player around the league. If that guy asks out, well, then the next team, whoever would be acquiring potentially Tyrese Maxey, they're boxed into that deal that, you know, the Sixers agreed to before that takes place. So as it stands right now, it's just they have the most options of what they can do and what they can offer to other teams just by, you know, standing pat where they're at right now with Tyrese. I'm, I'm curious. What, how do you think uh, James Harden factors in to the, the future? And when I say future, I use that term loosely, of the, of the upcoming season for the Sixers. Oh, he factors in a ton, and it doesn't matter if he's here or if he's not here. You know, I think if you look at their offseason up to this point, the hardened shoe is the big thing that has to drop here because they're just signing minimum contract players right now. Other than the Paul Reed offer sheet, which that's kind of out of their hands as he was a free agent, they have just kind of sat around and said, all right, we, we have to figure out what's going on with the James situation. Are we trading him? What are we trading him for? Who are we getting back? And I think there's probably an expectation that if they were to move him, and I still am not convinced that'll necessarily happen, there could be several players coming back for James. It might not be, you know, a one-for-one deal. It could be a two-for-one or a three-for-one. So they need the roster space. They need the, the cap flexibility in order to make that happen. And then, yes, as they have said many times, and 
you know, Joel Embiid sort of alluded to it over the weekend. I think there's still some thought and some hope from people in the organization that James could be back and that that might be the best path if they don't get a trade offer they feel matches his value. So, yeah, everything really revolves around the James Harden decision. We're talking to Kyle Newbeck, Philly Voice, Clap Your Hands podcast here. Um, Kyle, how, how would you assess, just based on everything, based on what they had to deal with, the, uh, obviously Harden opting in, which really kind of was out of their hands, how Daryl Morey has handled this offseason so far? Because I, I think there's a, a feeling like, man, they haven't done much. At the same time, there's really it's kind of hard to imagine what else they could have done just based on the Harden opt-in. Yeah, I mean, they've done okay. I, I liked the Mo Bamba addition as a guy with, you know, some upside off the bench as a big man. But, you know, now his role potentially gets cut into because Paul Reed's coming back. I, I like that they brought Paul Reed back. I'm sort of middle of the road on Patrick Beverly. I think he's a, a nice player who I think, unfortunately, is a little past it. And we'll see what he has to offer. Maybe this is a rejuvenation year, certainly is – cut out to play in Philadelphia, that's for sure. And then the Montrose Harrell decision, I thought, was just bizarre and shouldn't be on the roster anymore. But really, again, it comes back to that James Harden component. He is the biggest thing that they have to sort out. And you know, they do have the next, let's call it, two months, two and a half months before they have to report to training camp and things start to get real. So we're going to see what kind of trade offers they can command in that time or the the thing that I think a lot of people don't want at this point, honestly, they might be able to convince James to come back. And then we're looking at a situation where the boys are back in town and they're just going to run this thing back and see what they got. Wait a minute. So what, what does that mean for Maxie though? Because I, I feel like if James Harden is here, then that's going to stop Maxie's growth a little bit. And you know, he's trying to get paid too. So how, how does he fit? How does Maxie fit into this? If James Harden is going to be here? Yeah, so I don't think James should have any real impact on whether Maxie gets paid or not. I think he's due a pretty significant raise over the long term regardless. Mm-hmm. But to your point, I do think that you can question, hey, what, how does his development change Yes, if he's starting next to James Harden versus, you know, he's the guy in the backcourt where he's running the offense, running the show, having to play make more for others and not focusing on just scoring. You know, they're – there are two different ways of looking at it. One is to say, I don't think Tyrese is really cut out to be a quote-unquote point guard. I think he is more of a pure scorer. And having James around so that Tyrese can focus on that kind of stuff, the things that he's good at, is a good thing. But if you do want view him as the guy who's the future of the franchise, somebody who might grow into that point guard role – well, then James coming back limits him a little bit, especially if they play it as they did at the end of last year, where it was essentially James Harden or Joel Embiid on the floor at all times for the Sixers. And so Tyrese never got a lot of opportunities in the stretch run to be the guy and the person leading the team, leading a lineup, leading the offense. So, yeah, he will have less of those opportunities, but it could end up being better for him and the team. All right, Kyle, let's end with this. I'm going to put you on the spot because we haven't spoken since uh, this all went down last week. The, the infamous white party now at Michael Rubin's place. That all the <laughs> did sex did you go, by the way? Yeah, were you there? Uh, unfortunately, my invite got lost okay. in the mail. Our <laughs> mine too, surprisingly so. But So I'm going to ask you this. Um, Kyle, just off the top of your head, if you had to pick a WIP personality that would be the most awkward there and then the one least, like what I mean by that is like who would just could show up 
and no one would question, like, who is that guy? And then the opposite would be, like, who's the one person here? Like, instantly everyone would look like, what is that guy doing here? I mean, look, if we look at Howard Eskin's attire mm-hmm. that he wears normally, I feel like he would fit in at a, a theme party. I don't, know Balls get sweaty. Wear, I don't know if he'd be allowed to wear his white fur coat in the middle of the summer. That might be a, uh, a little bad for him or a little hot for him, but I think he's probably fine to play around. As for the worst, I'm not really sure. You know, it's... Uh, I don't want to put anybody on blast on that one. So we could say myself. I don't know if I would fit too well at the, uh, the old white party. Yeah, well, I feel the same way. They, they, they picked me out in five seconds. The camera's another good choice, too. You don't have to say it. We did. All right, Kyle, we appreciate you uh, hopping on as always. We'll be reading over 